Hi everyone, welcome to How to Live, a podcast that explores ways to live a good life. I'm your host Sharad Lal. This is episode 15. How do we say no? Many of us struggle with this. For things we want to say no to, if we say yes, we feel resentful. If we say no, we feel guilty. Either way, we are unhappy. In today's episode, we meet Dave. Dave is the life of the party, a lovable man, but he struggles with the same problem many of us do. He cannot say no. Through Dave's story, we look at why is it difficult to say no, the impact this has on our life, and ways to create healthy boundaries. But before getting into the episode, thank you very much to you listening for all the generous support. With your support, we are among the top five percent of podcasts globally. We are now listened to in over fifty-five countries. Thank you for making this happen. Please do consider leaving us a rating on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening to this. Thank you in advance. Back to the episode. Dave, a forty-year-old man, is the kind of person you'd want as a friend. He's got an infectious smile. He's the life of the party. He's funny. Everyone loves him, and he loves everyone. Not only is he amicable, he's extremely helpful. He'll go out of his way to help people. But Dave's got a big problem. He can't say no. He just can't do it. He didn't think of this as a problem, but today, having said yes to everything, he finds himself depressed and struggling to cope with life. He's stretched in every way. At work, his business partner has taken a sabbatical, leaving the tough business solely on him. Dave's recently also got into a side business with friends. For a business he didn't really believe in, but he couldn't say no. He's also on the board of a charity, which is very time-consuming. All his energy is sucked by work, and nothing's doing well. On top of that, he doesn't have time or energy for his wife, two energetic boys, and socializing. Dave's caught in a conundrum. He can't pull out of anything. He's too far in and cannot cope with everything. How did he get here? Dave has a personality that psychologists refer to as compliant. Compliant people find it difficult, almost impossible, to say no to others. They melt into the demands and needs of others. They might pretend to even like the same movie or music as their friends just to get along. Compliant people end up taking too many responsibilities and setting too few boundaries, not by choice but out of compulsion. As Dave sat there upset, he realized something even more frustrating. While he makes himself available to everyone who needs him, he cannot ask for help. He finds it difficult to ask for favors. In fact, if he's going through adversity and someone close reaches out for support, he actively avoids talking about his needs. He changes the subject. This is so ironic. He's ready to help others at any cost, but he actively dismisses help even if he desperately needs it. Psychologists refer to this trait of avoiding help as avoidant. Avoidant people cannot let others in. When in need, they simply withdraw. They often experience their problems as shameful, so they shut themselves off. Now, some people like Dave are both compliant and avoidant. That's the worst of both worlds. They take in the bad and refuse the good. So, if we are compliant, saying yes to everything, how does this impact our life? Before getting into the reasons, let's meet a third personality type: the controller. Controllers are those who cannot take no for an answer. They need to get their way, whichever way they can. They can either be aggressive, pushing hard, being persistent, or manipulative, emotionally controlling people. With this context, let's see how saying yes to everything impacts our life. 
Firstly, our priorities are mismatched. We're at the mercy of controllers. We end up focusing our attention on the loudest voice. It's too difficult to say no. Or we get manipulated by controllers. Sometimes it's not even controllers, it's anyone who makes a request. We feel it's our duty to fulfill that request. As a result, people who are important to us, experiences that are important to us get ignored simply because they don't forcefully ask for our attention. Secondly, as Dave found out, there's a capacity issue. We get overwhelmed. We always have a lot on our plate and often we can't possibly do everything so we either do nothing or do things badly. That's why some compliant people also take to ghosting, saying yes to everything and then disappearing. Thirdly, this takes a toll on our mental health. Unwanted emotions emerge. Resentment when we say yes. Guilt when we say no. Everything feels like a chore, a duty. Love, passion disappears. In summary, by saying yes to everyone, we lose control of our life. Other people are now controlling our life. So what drives this behavior? At the surface, it may seem we are being helpful or people-pleasing or trying to be popular. The reality is different. Deep down, we are driven either by fear or by guilt. Fear of abandonment, losing out on an important relationship or an approval or closeness. We might think, if I don't do this, I will no longer be part of the inner circle. The fear could also be of anger, punishment or shame for non-compliance. If I don't do this for him, he will publicly humiliate me or shout at me. The second factor is guilt. Our guilty conscience tells us that we are doing something wrong if we say no. We might think, I'm being selfish. Or what kind of a person am I saying no to my own child? Why do we develop this fear or guilt? As with everything in psychology, you guessed it right, the seeds are laid in childhood. There are societal factors, of course. In collective societies, taking care of oneself can be considered selfish. There's also unrealistic expectations around duties and responsibilities. One needs to conform, otherwise one is an outcast. And then there is our upbringing. If we are shouted at when we disagree with a parent, we grow up fearing disagreement and say yes to everything. Similarly, if we are made to feel shameful on disagreeing, we resort to yes to avoid that feeling. Any version of these patterns lay the foundation for either guilt or fear towards saying no. Back to Dave. To get out of his conundrum, Dave decided to seek therapy. He really wanted a way out. In therapy, he realized his compulsion for yes was driven by guilt. Whenever he wanted to say no, his body gets enveloped with guilty feelings, anxiety, uneasiness. This is a very difficult state and he does whatever he can to get out of this. By saying yes, he feels the relief. Over the next few months with his therapist, Dave uncovered the origins of his guilty conscience. He grew up in a house where manners and politeness were given huge prominence. Disagreements and emotions were not shown openly. Decorum was expected. When he would do something wrong, he never got shouted at. Instead, he got the silent treatment. Love was withdrawn. He felt isolated, guilty and ashamed. Dave hated that loneliness. Ever since, he's been running away from that horrible feeling. Now, Before we proceed, an important side note on guilty conscience. Many of us believe that our conscience is the truth. Either it's God's voice or it is our authentic voice. That's a major misconception. Guilty conscience is framed by the standards that society, religion, upbringing, etc. have set for us. Even though it resides within us, the source is external. It's man-made. 
And like everything external and man-made, it can often be wrong. So let's move forward now. What's the ideal way of saying no? What should it look like? A good visual experts use to describe healthy boundaries is as follows. Imagine a line between us and the other person. We control our part of the line, whereas the other person controls his or hers. When we say yes or no, we're making a free choice and taking full responsibility of our part. The other person then has the responsibility of how they react. If they get angry, if they get upset, that's in their zone. We should not burden ourselves or take ownership of that. We only control our side of the boundary. Now, this is a very good state of clarity, but how do we get there? Or simply, how do we get towards saying no in an effective manner? Here are a few steps for it. The first is awareness. Building an understanding of why do we keep saying yes? Is it guilt? Or is it fear? Or is it anything else? Then how does this impact our life? What does it do to our loved ones, our priorities, our time? And then how do we do it? Do we just say yes impulsively? Or do we think a bit and then go back to it? One trick is to observe how we judge others who say no. Because the way we judge others, that's the way we've been judging ourselves all our life. Through this awareness exercise, we get a very good understanding of our deep-rooted patterns and trigger points, and we need these as we start making changes. As Dave did, it's good to use the help of a therapist for this as well. The second is creating guidelines. What should we say yes to and what should we say no to? While this might sound obvious, it's difficult for many of us. We've spent most of our lives focused on other people's needs, so we have no idea what we truly need. To understand our needs, we need to reflect deeply. Here are some areas to reflect on. What requests make us uncomfortable versus happy? What yes comes from a place of compulsion versus love? How does a yes or no stack versus our values? Through reflecting on all this, we can create guidelines in line with our needs. Here are what guidelines could look like. Saying no to more than two projects at a time. Saying no to insulting behavior. Saying no to weekday drinks. Or whatever that version for you is. Now this sounded good, but was a little confusing for Dave. He loved helping people. It gave him so much fulfillment. Even though it was often at his inconvenience, but he was happy to help to see the difference he was making in others' lives. Now if he was to think of his own needs... Should he just say no to people when it was inconvenient and lose out on the tremendous fulfillment he was getting? The therapist asked Dave to think of occasions where helping was satisfying versus resentful. Dave thought about it for a few days. Did he enjoy helping people he cared for or people in need or people at work? None of these categories seem right. He got further confused. Then one morning he woke up with a breakthrough. He enjoys helping people who use his support to advance in life. He finds it fulfilling to contribute towards someone's path. This has nothing to do with who's close to him, who needs help, or any other category. It's people who are ready to take the advice that he has, action it, and move forward. That was an important discovery. Dave always instinctively knows who is going to follow through on his support or not. Now he can focus his energy on helping the right people advance. This serves both him as well as his need for fulfillment. This then helped Dave get a guideline for himself. 
After creating guidelines, the next step, step three, is testing and adjusting. We cannot just take our guidelines and use them with everyone. People will freak out. We'll break relationships. We need to start small, test it out, learn the skill of saying no in a safe space, and then go about doing it in a big way. A good way to start is with one or two people we trust dearly. Maybe we can even tell them we're doing this. We can start with small requests. Maybe saying no to a friend for tennis because we'd rather be with our kids. These type of requests. With time, we can build it up to bigger requests and more people. In the testing phase, Dave struggled with how to say no. What words should he use? Just saying no sounded very rude. So he started implying no. It's difficult, but I'll try. But that didn't work. Then he tried excuses. That led to further probing and long-winded discussions and got him nowhere. He tried a few other things, but he would always end up being defensive about saying no. Finally, after a lot of trial and error, he arrived at something that would work for him. Firstly, his no needs to be very clear. There can be no ambiguity. Second, he needs to be polite. That's him. Thirdly, to people close to him, he will provide an alternative that he can do, which is within his guideline. Once we've tested this out for ourselves and we are confident about moving ahead, we can then slowly bring it to the rest of our life. This will be difficult for us because people generally don't like others changing. We may be joked at, we may face pushbacks, but that's all part of changing. With our confidence, having done the work, we will be in a good position to slowly bring this out to the rest of our life. It's been five years since Dave embarked on this journey. He's had quite a ride but it's been fulfilling. Surprisingly, the problems he started out with were relatively easy to deal with. He amicably pulled out of the business with his friends, sorted matters with his business partner, and also figured out ways to spend less time and be more effective with the charity. Interestingly, Dave has discovered that with boundaries, his bonds and relationships have become deeper. People understand where he truly stands, what he values. He is more respected. Dave is still flexible and adjusting. That's important to him. He gives more than he takes. He often says yes even if it's inconvenient. But all this is done consciously, based on free choice and not on fear or guilt. If Dave's story resonated with you, here are a few action steps you could consider. Firstly, reflect on whether you're compliant, avoidant or controlling. We can be all three by the way. We can be compliant at work, avoidant with family and controlling with our spouse or any version of that. How does this affect your relationships? Second, we could reflect on how we feel when we say yes instead of no. Do we feel resentful? Do we feel anger? Where does this come from? Is it from a place of guilt or fear? What's driving this? We can start getting a little more curious about our patterns. This can of course be done by ourselves or with the help of a therapist. A third thing we could do is, if we struggle to say no, Let's try saying no at least once a week for something small. Maybe no to a coffee with a friend or no to more responsibility at work. Let's just try it out and see what happens. If there's anything else in the episode that resonated with you, please go ahead and try it for yourself. Saying no is very difficult. It needs us to unpack so many layers. It's difficult but not impossible. I wish you all the best. That's all for today's episode. Hope you have a wonderful day ahead. Bye-bye.